Would you rather have loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of fruit that you could pick all year round, or would you rather just have a couple of vegetables that you eat seasonally, but you can only have one or the other? Oh, Jez, why do you start with these such difficult questions? I mean, this is a really Mm -hmm. fundamental life question. So hang on, let me get the parameters of this right. So I can have unlimited fresh fruit. Yes. All year round. From my own plants. Yes. All year round. Seasonal vegetables, but only a few. Gluts or gluttony. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? It's like the ultimate... Um, Well, I don't know, because my instinct is to say fruit, because the prospect of being able to pick a ripe peach straight off a tree and eat it, or yellow autumn raspberries or something like that, it seems incredible. But maybe that only seems incredible because they're so rare. Whereas by the time I'm on my fourth kilo of perfectly ripe peaches, I might be going, oh, Lord, give me a broad bean in May. So I don't know. What would you pick? Would you rather an elbow on your head? Okay. Or or three ears on your hand? Oh, well, three ears on my hand, because would they be functioning ears? See how much easier it is now. That would be useful, because then you could kind of hear around corners, couldn't you? Yeah. I should have led with that one. <laughs> you should have led with that one. Ask me the easy questions. What about you? Oh, fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Fruit oh. and a cupboard full of imodium. Not... <laughs> yes. And a big it freezer. Comes, it comes with a caveat. <laughs> this is true. Um, okay. On that resp- in that respect, jam or marmalade, if you could only have one? Oh, now this is difficult because I've always been a jam boy. Mm. Uh, my dad liked marmalade. <laughs> but, and then there's another extra twist in this. This is like a helix answer of a question, a double helix. Um, Why am I not surprised? Then I went to marmalade because I found the most amazing Sicilian marmalade. In fact, I think it was a Dalesford marmalade in a flip-top thing with oh, like Sicilian oranges or something. It's is that, good. Yeah, yeah, it might it well amazing, have been, yeah. Big chunky. And then at your lovely book launch... Uh, topic of the conversation was your amazing damson and rosemary jam, mm. which lasted three days in our house. That's good. Gone. Yeah. I'm pleased about that. And I, we had it on scones, fresh fruit scones I baked um, with, uh, and I had some double cream, so I whipped the life out of it, and so it was lovely and fluffy but thick. Yes. And, and had that with your damson and rosemary jam and it was stunning let me tell you i'm really pleased recipe please so i've converted you back from marmalade to to, yeah mm, the problem is i think marmalade is often a bit like jams though it's often just sugar Mm. with a bit of fruit flavoring and what i like is a good chunky rustic wholesome so it feels less like i'm being attacked by sugar because i don't eat much sugar so i'm really sensitive to it but but I want flavour, I want depth, I want something exciting and, you know, yummy. Mm, mm, wise choice. Well, I'm glad we've solved the world's ills before we've even really got started on this week's episode. Um, what, what's happening with the damson and rosemary jam? Is that sort of, is that going to be in the shop? Are you? Uh, it's all gone. Or? 
No, oh. it's all gone. Is there a and recipe then, in the new book from the Veg Patch? A sort of there, like a little curveball? Uh, there isn't, actually, but maybe I'd quite like to do a volume two and maybe that would have... From the fruit a, patch? Oh, well, if we've got our year-round mythical fruit patch, then, right. yeah. Loving Good work. Um, hello. How are you, anyway? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get on with it? <laughs> I think we probably should. <laughs> Sorry, dear listener. That's yeah. my fault. I'm all right. I'm sleepy today, Cathy. Mm. I'm a little tired. Because uh, you've been partying or because you've been weeding late into the night? Or... <laughs> Slug hunting. Slug um, hunting. Everyone's have... favourite clandestine adventures <laughs> after midnight. What do you do with your slugs? Do you pick them and give them to the birds or what, what do you do with them? Let them I die, chase them away. I, 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 there's going to be letters about this. Um, <laughs> I squish them. Oh, do you? Oh, Gleefully. Wow. Yeah. Glee- <laughs> you don't just squish them. There's a sadistic joy it. in it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> With my what do you do? Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I just shoo them away. I try preventative. So because we've got the pizza oven here, mm. and in the winter. Obviously, I have the fire in the house. Mm. I keep the ash and sprinkle ash around the hostas and stuff like that yeah. to try and you know keep them away. So, yeah, and then, although I have noticed there's a couple of hostas, despite the fact that they're well-established, they're being a bit eaten this year. But you, it's different, though, isn't it? Every year it's yeah. different pests and different things pop up and yeah. different things attack you and don't attack you. Have you be... tried eggshells for your slugs? That works quite well. I have. I don't get through enough eggshells. Oh. Um, so, and historically, Marley and my other dog ate the eggshells. Oh, uh, really? I'd yeah, crack an egg, give them the eggshell, or give them the whole egg. Um, so, Ooh. but but so what? Do you, but surely you have to. Oh, I suppose instead of you putting them on the compost heap, you crush them all up and then just go and sprinkle them in the garden. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that. okay, fine. And the slugs go, ooh, sharp. Yeah. And ow. Ow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and tend not to uh tend not to visit quite so much. But I'll you do you have what... to get through a lot of eggs. But I do get through a lot of eggs. Yeah, and maybe I should start getting through more eggs because they are good for you. They're good for you. Um but I have noticed that the copper thing just does not work. No, I know. This nonsense and you can buy all sorts in the garden centres, the copper strips and all that malarkey and I just I it's never ever worked. No. I've always got in. Short of somehow clearing the whole patch of um, worm of slugs, and then yeah. being able to put like a copper wall, yes. Trump style wall around yeah. the whole thing, <laughs> I can't see it working. Yeah, no, I, I, that's quite cute though. I quite like that idea of framing the top of it. Would be this sort of offset the top of all your veg patches with the little yeah. wrap around. Problem is, copper's not cheap, is it? So no, it's true. Um, and as we know, nice. not very effective. So no, yeah, so entirely pointless. All can that idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just Good. <laughs> what have you been up to in the garden, then, my love? Well, again, a little bit like last week, you know, just an awful lot of cutting back and fighting, mm. like fighting my way through. You know, those areas of the garden, like the jewel garden, looked beautiful at the start of the season. And we had all of that rain and it beat all of the tall stems of the um, uh, cornflowers and the um, 
wallflowers, they're all sort of crushed and a bit all over the place. Mm. The hellenium, I don't know what's happened to those. Hellenium does not exist in my garden this year, despite there are tons of them. It's a, a shame. I wonder yes. what happened. It will come, I would imagine. Yeah. But then also I had these beautiful scabious, huge wild scabious I was telling you about. And they've all, mm. you know, kind of been thrown over. Uh. So... I feel a little bit like Indiana Jones. I get my little hurry hurry and I trundle in <laughs> like that and I've got a little hat and I sing da 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 as I go in and I've got like some, you know, secateurs and all that kind of jazz. Um, I've been sharpening stuff as well, sharpening secateurs and stuff like that. Um, oh, now tell me about that. Do you use a whetstone? A whet, a whetstone? A I do. Yeah, I'm an old-fashioned kind of boy. Yeah. So drop it in some water. Yeah, so you drop it in some water and then do you use the rough side and then the smoother side afterwards? I don't have a rough side and a smooth side. I just oh. mine is a uh, one side is flat and one side is curved, is concave. No, is mm. convex. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I leave it in there for sort of 20 minutes to soak. I don't know what that does, but the instructions told me to do it. So I'm quite. Same, same. Know, I'm good yep. with instructions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you know, I use the rounded edge on the curved bit and the flat edge on the other one so interesting yeah. i'm gonna send you mine because i'm rubbish at shopping i have to say though mine were quite pricey i thought i got fed up of buying secateurs regularly and i thought this is nuts really what i should do is save up a bit buy a really good pair that i could have potentially for the rest of my life uh, until you leave them in some undergrowth um yep. uh but i think looking at them yesterday i've bitten into something a little bit too chunky and big and the the two blades are a little bit far apart now, uh, which is why they're not cutting very well. So I might yeah. have to send them off to the little man to fix them for me. Why is it always a little man who does that sort of stuff? But it is, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Sort of like they're from a time warp and you really need them. It's the same with chimney sweeps, I think, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's anyway. what I've been up to, sort of just pottering. But it's glorious, isn't nice. it? I love... I love a potter. And how's how's things over there with your it's, new sexy kitchen and your new veg patch? It's lovely. It's very it? pretty at the moment. Like you, it's quite jungleous. Yes. <laughs> uh, as it always is at this time of year. Uh, but it's looking good. It's looking very colourful. I've got quite a lot of edible flowers at the moment, which I'm nice. really enjoying in the patch. Nice. I used to be quite old-fashioned about growing and would just plant the um, the vegetables. But that was more when the patch was in an allotment or not at home whereas now it's at home I found myself much more interested in the way it looks and so I planted yeah, thinking they'd just be nice in the patch I planted yes. some calendula and obviously sweet peas which I love yep. and uh, some nasturtiums and then yep. I left a few things to grow to seed go to seed like the rocket yes. and things like that and now I've so got that lots, you get the flower. So that you get the flower, gotcha. exactly. Yeah. And lots more herbs that flower, so hyssop and yes. thyme. I know we've spoken about thyme a lot before. And I thought at first this would just be pretty in the veg patch, but I found myself really using them a lot more in my cooking as well. Yes. Because yeah. they just look so beautiful. And they add loads of flavour, particularly the... They're often quite peppery, like rocket flowers are quite peppery. Yes, Nasturtiums yeah. will take your head off, peppery-wise. Yeah, yeah. And so they bring another flavour to things as well, which is just lovely. It's great fun. 
Well, I suppose instead of what you can do, you can play with that a bit, you can experiment. So if something you're thinking about adding mustard in because of the earthy flavour, you can really pull back on the mustard and chop up some flowers yeah. a little bit or add some broken up flowers. Yeah, I should and- say... Mm. Just sorry, just I do want to say this before we get too carried away because it's really relevant to what you've just said. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck in that bind of this is stuff for the veg patch, this is stuff for a cottage border, this is stuff for this. And I traditionally was that because there was so much space here that I went to create these little separate areas. I was very Mm. much in, and all the books say, you know, classically, this is what you grow in here, this is what goes here. And you're right, there's nothing wrong with chucking whatever you want in a border if it's a purple flower and you want purple flowers in there whether it's a herb a vegetable a fruit a a perennial or whatever then chuck it in it doesn't matter does it and I totally agree and I think that's a really interesting transition that you found that you know that the the garden I I think outside spaces are are two things they are either visually joyful uh, and it's all about aesthetic or they are um, functional but there's no reason why they can't be both of those things mm. and what often happens is that we get into this trap in our mind where we feel that it almost becomes a chore because the the garden needs to look beautiful because that's what you've done in your head you said oh, I'm going to create this border or this set of pots because I want them to look visually beautiful and you've got in your in your mind this sort of idea of what visually beautiful looks like. And now yeah. you've got this sort of subtle pressure all the time that when it rains or when they grow a bit wild, you've got this sort of to-do list because you've got to do that to make it look neat and tidy again because that's what you intended to do. Yeah. And the same thing with with produce is that, you know, you've got that subtle pressure all the time that you've got to re-sow, you've got to be in time for this, you missed that, the weather's not right for this. Mm-hmm. And actually, stripping it right back, what it should be about the cornerstone of all of these things, Kathy, is joy. Isn't That's it? exactly it what I was about to say. About I totally agree. Being happy and getting out of it. And so if it goes a little bit wild, like I've been doing in the garden, just leave it for a bit. Yeah. You never know. Wild might look a little bit lovely. And you might think, well, actually, this is a bit wild up the top here. And that's quite nice. But I need something else to the for the bottom because it's all gone a bit leggy. Whereas if you cut it back, it would stay, you know, yeah. down about. But now you've created yeah. a different look. Um, and And also and wild as well brings you new opportunities as well so for example the rocket which went to seed quite quickly but it's still perfect it's wild rocket so it's peppery as hell anyway so it's still perfectly pickable (laughs) even once it's bolted but then also suddenly you've got oh look I've got some extra flowers and these are gorgeous and bright yellow like lurid yellow and they look really nice in the veg patch and that's a good thing and I've only realised that since we've had the veg patch here and at home rather than at friend's house. And also, even more so, now we've got a garden that is all about looking out onto the veg patch sure. and, the, and the rest of the... A kitchen that's all about looking out onto that. That's the next thing I'm going to do. So I've here I experimented with real classical gardens. Mm. And when I move, I think I'm going to create... I'm going to design some garden areas that are just about visualization mm. and and if potatoes are going to look great in that little pot there or space next to some other perennials or shrubs or herbs or whatever then that's what's going there yeah uh, and i'm just gonna go a little bit crazy and do what i want to do irrespective of what the books uh you know tell me to do because so agree know, within and- that soil it's about joy isn't it 
And flour aside, um, the potato flour is a beautiful yes. flour, particularly the purple ones with the little yellow middles. They're gorgeous. But this is, um, I've never seen it before. So where I live, there's it's 360 degrees arable. And the first year I moved in was oilseed rape all the, all the way around, 360 degrees for as far as I could see. It wow. was just stunning. Um, not so wonderful if you've got a hay fever, but a bit of local uh, OSR honey and you're fine. Yeah. And then, of course, we've been through those crop rotations this year. There's potatoes as far as the eye can see, and they've just in the last week or so started flowering. And you're right, I've never noticed how lovely the little sort of almost sort of pinky mauvey flower with the little yeah. yellow centre. Um, yeah. And talking of flowers, sorry, I sort of digress because mm. I just wanted to get that. You know, that, I know there's a lot so of people right. that, that that listen and. and you know, and struggle with what should a garden be, and and we do get a bit bound up by historically yeah. what gardens are. Um, yeah. So edible flowers, mm. white borage, of course. I completely forgot about that when I spoke to Arthur Parkinson. He reminded me. I completely forgot white borage exists. Beautiful, yes, edible flower. That's true, and I don't. I don't. Grow, I used to grow borage in the veg patch over the road. Uh, but I'm cautious about putting it in in this garden because mm. it's not a huge garden and borage really takes all over. The time. Yeah. yeah, but it does make a mean gin and tonic, a borage <laughs> flower. Because have you noticed? It does often come back to gin and tonics with me, doesn't it? I, I can't imagine. Have you that. got a lemon tree? No, I'm not very good at citrus. Have oh, you? Oh, not. Uh, I had a lemon and an orange tree. And they were doing really, really well. And all of a sudden, both of them decided, nah, we're not mm. all right anymore. And I don't know what it was, but they, they both didn't do very well. So I might try again now we've got a bigger glass kitchen, which mm. is a bit mm. more nice useful inside. for overwintering. Yeah. Um, but borage, because it tastes a little bit of cucumber, I think, yeah, when you when you eat watery. it. Yeah. yeah, it's really good in a... So rosemary flowers, or some some rosemary doesn't, I believe, but um, mm. but rosemary can flower. So that that's yep. an edible flower too. Daisies. Can you eat a daisy? Yes, you can. The petals of a daisy you can eat. Yep, that's I absolutely. Did fine. not know that fact yeah. of the day, listener. Um, so I don't know whatever white what other sorry white flowers you can eat, <clears throat> but you know mm. if you wanted white on top of a cake or something like that, or then daisies. Yeah. Yes, um, and obviously roses. Assuming they're not sprayed roses. Can you eat the actual... So all rose petals you can eat? Mm. I had no idea, Kathy. There you go. And they and look lavender. beautiful. Lavender, always lovely. There's Sweet peas. quite a lot, isn't there? Pea shoot, pea flowers, they're often white and beautiful. And then when things go to seed, like my... Amazingly, I've still got... Um, well, I re-sowed some radishes, uh, but they bolted fairly quickly as they often do over the right. summer but they have white flowers and they're nice maybe not on a cake but the thing I can't bear as a quick aside with edible flowers is um when people put flowers that aren't edible on wedding cakes it makes yeah. me crazy yeah. whole point is that you know yeah. they're not they are beautiful but they also need to be edible as well I think like sure. I saw some, there was something that's um, poisonous. I feel like it might be a peony. And honestly, the number of peonies you see on on wedding really? cakes, <laughs> take it away. Um, or was it hydrangea? Anyway, something like that. What Big about no. jasmine? Can you eat jasmine flowers? Ooh, I don't know. I'm going to say you probably can, given jasmine tea is made from 
Well, Jasmine. see, this is where I'm thinking is yeah. that maybe there's a link. I don't know this. And if, if you're listening and you do know, or even better, because Kathy and I are a big fan of the book, just any book, not the book. Um, yeah. I'm just going to pick up my The book, book is a concept. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I love the idea of print on pages. Um, <laughs> bravo, whoever came up with that. Um, uh, I'm just wondering if, you know, if there is a book that shows you what flowers you can eat and what you can't, but whether there's a correlation, because I'm wondering whether... You know, could you eat, for example, oilseed rape flowers or viper's bug yeah. flowers or because honeybees yeah. pollinate those, right? So you could definitely eat oilseed rapes, just brassica, isn't it? Like, yes, uh, but, yeah, like but would rocket. it taste nice? No. <laughs> I mean, right. I sort of feel like we need to go right back to the beginning <laughs> of this conversation when you've just listed about 20 flowers that you technically but, can eat. Yes. Well, as I discovered when I picked some uh, chamomile flowers, thinking they're a bit daisy-like and they're very pretty. And I, obviously you can put them in tea. But yes. I thought, I wonder what they taste like. Yeah. Um, Answer? Revolting. Oh, you know when you've let chamomile tea sit for too long and it's really stewed hey, in the hang on a minute. Are tannin ca- isn't levels. Chamomile tea leaves, not flowers. No, it's the flowers as well. Is it? And the buds and stuff, yeah. Okay, fine. Carry on. And <laughs> but you know that really yeah. tannin rich acrid or, almost uh, oh acidic. My yeah. God, they're like the most stewed chamomile tea you've ever tasted. Oh, I no. do not recommend it. I was really excited because I thought they'd go really work nicely in a salad, yeah. but but no. I would really anyway. love that. Wouldn't that be a really nice thing to experiment? Mm. I mean, not, you know, maybe with someone else. <laughs> yes. The least favourite child. What does yeah. that taste like? Yeah. <laughs> Revolting. Anyway, Good. talking of books, I suppose mm. that's sort of a nice little segue really, isn't it? Should we do Book of the Week? Yeah, I love it. Go on, you should go should. first this week, I think. Ah, Okay, so, now... Oh, this face, you're going to break the rules again, aren't you? (laughs) I am. I can tell from the look on your face, we're on Zoom for those listening, check out the YouTube recording of this because you'll see this look on his face that says, I'm going to break the rules, Cathy. I didn't even know there was a look, but okay. Um, So, (laughs) it's not one book. It's sort of a series of books. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't got the whole series, though I would love the whole series. I'm just not entirely sure I would actually... I'm a bit efficient. I only like things in my life that I use. I'm not very right, good yeah. at just okay. for the sake of having them. So uh, if you're but... a friend of Jez and he's stopped calling you back, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not like that. Um, but, but it does annoy me a little bit when people buy you gifts... And you think, well, that's a gift for the sake of buying me a gift, but it has mm. literally no use in my life whatsoever. Utterly weird, you know. Just mm. I think, well, that's going in the pile of to be mm. regifted, isn't it? Mm. Um, or the usually shop. ways of crushing garlic, aren't they? Those kinds <laughs> <Yeah>. of gifts. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, so this is the River Cottage Handbook series. Uh, River Cottage Handbook number two is preserves. Because when I first, well, because when I first uh, moved in, obviously I inherited a bit of an orchard and wanted more orchard and loved the idea of making preserves. Let me tell you now, Kathy, that book I think has been flipped through. Um, there are no dog-eared corners, which means I've not probably read it. Uh, and I gave up very quickly on the idea of making preserves because I had no time. 
Oh, but. it's a cracker that one. I know that one well, Don't and have it's to um, it's a marvel, and it's really good technically as well. One. This one here is just look at that colour. Mm. Is that the this veg is, one? Yes, <clears throat> handbook number yeah. four, veg patch. Yeah, um, I suspect I probably won't need this anymore because, of course, we now have. It's been preceded by the, uh, oh no, proceeded. Uh, by from the veg patch by Kathy Slack. Um, so uh, that does. It's okay to have both because that one does a different okay. job. And my copy of that is very well thumbed, particularly when I was first growing, because ah, it's quite okay. a small book, so you can take it up to the allotment with you. Exactly, and it's right. got lots of charts in it that explain yes, it right. what to sow when and what's in season when. And the recipes at the back are really good as well. I think that's a cracker that book. And if you're really... going to buy Sorry, one on. how to grow book yes. that's that's it oh really i think yeah I, I flicked through it a bit um uh, but i didn't grow i didn't go into it sort of properly enough but it's one of those things it's funny you once you've got a handle on something you do tend to feel yeah. a bit more confident so you get on with it but yeah. all of these books i think when you're reminded that they exist you dip back into them because you pick up stuff all the time and you think oh gosh yeah i forgot about that or mm. oh okay yeah no i'm comfortable with the idea of growing veg what else could i grow or where are, you know what, what other varieties or something so they're always yeah. really useful to keep and then the only other one i've got of this series because i stopped collecting them again because i had chickens was uh, river cottage handbook number 11 chicken and eggs um, mm, I don't for, have that one. For some reason, it's called chicken and eggs, not chicken. chickens. And oh, chickens yeah. are very um, uh, social. They're, they're not very good solitary creatures. And this one, again, has got lots of dog ears. So this is obviously me saying, right, I know nothing about keeping chickens. Mark Diacono, tell me how to keep a chicken. Um, <laughs> just the one. <laughs> just the one so I uh, found that very useful, yeah. Very so good. They are published by... Bloomsbury. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of them there are, but I mean that's that's eleven that one. But it's it's a lovely little thing. Can you imagine them all lined up like, the, like a little set? I can. I've got a fair few of them. Have um, you? Yeah, and um, the reason I was sniggering. <laughs> Can't believe we've done this. The reason I was sniggering slightly when you first uh, suggested that, when you first said what your series was, was not because you've broken the rules, but because <laughs> my book of the week. Oh, <laughs> is the River Cottage Handbook number seven, <laughs> which I don't have. Which it's is like, the hedgerow it's like happy one. families. <laughs> <laughs> I'll swap you for the chickens. Um, no, I can't believe you've done that. That's hilarious. There's so many of them. So um, this one's hedgerow. Lovely. There's a new one out. Um, the outdoor cooking one's really good that Gil Mellor wrote. There's one that's just I'm out about it. fermenting by Rachel de Thample, which is brilliant. Kathy, we need to find a sponsor because this is crippling me. What, buying all these books yeah. is so Can right. Can to be a publisher? <laughs> yes. Could we just have some books? Um, oh. But my, my, one of my favourite ones is the Hedgerow one, which is by the god of foraging, John Wright, and uh -huh. uber lovely person. And it's really helpful because, you know those Sunday mornings when you go on a walk and you yeah. go, what is that weed? Yeah. Can you eat that? What on earth is it? And you come back and you go, oh, look, it's no. deadly nightshade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It will kill you, <laughs> which is usually how it happens with, with foraging. Um, and it's also useful to identify weeds in the veg patch so in my old patch i had a rash of deadly nightshade it's very helpful to know what you're dealing with yeah and then um 
So it talks about each of the weeds or Beautiful. things to forage in the hedgerow and explains whether they're edible or not. And they are helpfully in edible species in the first half Brilliant. and then poisonous species in the second half. I love that. It's so hemlock, deadly nightshade. What's There's quite really... a lot, lot that would kill you in a hedgerow. I don't... <laughs> I didn't have, and depending on where the hedgerow is, that could be broken bottles, it could be a, yes. an aggressive homeless person. Um, I grew a hedgerow, two hedgerow, um, so in the corner of the garden, there's mm. a sort of shady area of the garden I wasn't sure what to do with. Yeah. And um, with some people that used to work with me here, we came up with a plan of a wild native English hedgerow in Lovely. the corner. So we planted, and there's all sorts of things coming out there now. It was only last year, I think, that we planted it. So, and it's just starting to come into its own. So there's this corner that was just going to be left, mainly for the birds, actually, and wildlife. Yeah. That was the point, you know, for the berries and the undergrowth and stuff. And But you've got this beautiful big deep bed that I'm looking at under here that face each other, big sort of cottage beds. And then goes into this corner of uh, with a, there's an ornamental cherry in the corner, and then underneath these sort of hedgerows. And I love the idea of cultivating hedgerows in yeah. your garden. Yeah. And what have you a, got? What's oh, coming gosh, up? I knew you were going to say that. Mm. There's a blackthorn and whitethorn, willow. Um, there is. I'm just looking at now. Holly. Uh, Lovely. Beech. Um, nice. A couple of different types of beach by the look of it. And then some undergrowthy sort of stuff as well. Some grasses and oh, roses, a couple of roses in there as well, but wild roses. Yeah. Um, so it was going to be really dense and, you know, you can manage it and take stuff out and move it depending on what grows and what doesn't. And But I just loved the idea of thinking a little differently about, you know, little areas of your garden. If you wanted to create perhaps a little path... Why not line the path with hedgerow? Yeah. It doesn't have to be all beach or all boxes or something like that. Yeah. It could be different to some texture and some different sort of feels about it. You're books so like that right. are great for that. It's a cracker of a book. And not only does it make you think differently about your pl- your approach to planting, it makes you think differently about your approach to cooking. So a lot sure. of the stuff that you can forage that's leafy, like fat hen, for example... Um, which is prolific in the old greenhouse I used to grow in, but you can find it all over the place, Um, is exactly like spinach and it behaves in exactly the same way as spinach. So you find yourself as you're weeding the veg patch thinking, I don't have enough spinach for the spinacapita I want to make tonight, going, well, it doesn't matter because... I've got plenty of fat hens, so we might right. as well put it to use. So you think differently about about cooking as well. It's a cracker. The whole series is a cracker. I can't believe we've oh, done lovely. that. That's just How lovely. Just hilarious. They're an incredibly well produced series of you know. It's informative. It's well broken down. There were some lovely images in there as well. Lovely hardback books. Texturally, they feel good, and they're yeah. all actually sort of quite affordable. All of these ones that I've got yeah. fourteen ninety nine. Is that what yours is? Yeah, fourteen ninety nine. Must as well. be a kind of price point for the series. But but um, lovely gift as well yeah. for somebody, you know, if you wanted to give someone just a little different way of thinking about something. So the pig no one is good. Yeah, the pig one. I would definitely recommend Piggies. that one as well. Piggies, which well, is about keeping them, but also about cooking with. It's interesting to know how oh. to keep them, even if you aren't going to keep them. Because they've come from the River Cottage series. Yeah, you've mm. got all of, the, all of them. Are, there's an element of cooking and food and, you know, enjoying food mm. so, and edibility. Well, Cathy, from a hedge of the episode... It is now time for Veg 
of the episode. Mm, See what that, I did was, that wasn't your best link, I've got to say. Oh, okay. Uh, I, was, I was a little bit proud of it. <laughs> That's what happens with a one cup of tea recording. I've only had the one today. Yeah. Mm. Low on stimulative um, <laughs> input and words as well. <laughs> Clearly. Come on then, hit me with Are Veg of the Week. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I never know what this is. And I'm slightly no. worried because just before we started recording, <laughs> you said, oh, yeah, that's the Veg of the Week, though. Actually, it's not a vegetable. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, what? Wait, what? <laughs> so I'm slightly terrified because to come up with a recipe off off my off the cuff will be a challenge. So well, come this on. is heavily Let's inverted commenters vegetable of the episode. Okay. Um, mushrooms. Now, <sighs> they are technically not vegetables, aren't they? Correct. Mushrooms are um, fungi. Mm-hmm. However. I think a lot of people find them in the vegetable department of the supermarket or the farm shop, and I've heard them referred to as a vegetable before Hmm, incorrectly. Now, I know, because I had this conversation with many people, that my experience of mushrooms is limp, lipid mushrooms that my dad used to make. He used to boil or fry the heck out of them and put them on toast. Um, Or they're this sort of limpy filler um, in... I don't know, cooking. As a kid, mm. I used to hate mushrooms, didn't want them in anything. I'd eat them raw, love a nice raw mushroom. Interesting. Um, but just the flippy, flimsy, ugh. Then, cue our stars aligning and the fate of when I meet the wonderful Cathy Slack at... Um, are we allowed to say where we met or not? Or should we not say that? Why? We, we didn't meet in exotic circumstances, I, did we? Say, that sounds a bit creepy now. Like, I've said it. I've, I've made it into a thing now. You know, should we say the name of the When you were working at app? that burlesque. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> when you were at Knives R Us. Um, <laughs> so when when we went to Dalesford mm. uh, for, to the cookery school and you were there, we cooked uh, mushrooms on toast one day and I couldn't mm. believe that we were going to cook mushrooms on toast. I was like, I hate mushrooms. I don't like it. And you transformed the way I think about mushrooms. You know, there was, yes. I think there were like five or six different types of mushroom, gently fried in butter and garlic, I think it was, with a lot of salt and pepper, but not yeah. to the point that they're like lipid. Um, mm. and, and then on a nice, uh, slowly, uh, sort of, um, uh, not slowly, gradually, not gradually, <laughs> that's the same thing, um, lightly <laughs> toasted sourdough with some parsley on top. And it was like mm. a thing of beauty. I loved mm. it. So it did transform the way I think about mushrooms, but I suspect there'll be a lot of our listener thinking, I hate mushrooms, I don't know what to do with them. I love mushrooms. If you're into your fitness and nutrition and stuff, and you're also vegetarian, uh, mushrooms are your, they are packed with protein. They are not. They're really good for you. Oh my Um, God, I had no idea. I know, and I'm quite into protein content at the moment. So mushrooms are really good. So I was Googling. Are you are you trying to verify my? Are you fact checking me? I want to know me? exactly how much. Is what I want. <laughs> how many mushrooms um, for grams of protein is what I want. Yeah. To um, obviously, they're quite light, so you have to cook, but they do reduce a lot when you cook them. So, yeah. mushrooms on toast is a thing of wonder. A wow. breakfast of poached eggs. Go on, give me the stats. Then now you've so googled 100 it. So, hundred grams of uh, mushrooms mm. of white mushrooms is just over three grams of protein. Oh, that's not as much as I thought, actually. But then bear in mind that for well, one portion, I would very happily 
cook 200 grams of mushrooms. But if you think about... Uh, but an egg is three grams of protein, three grams of fat, pretty much. Right. Um, so an egg's sort of a bit... like People rave about eggs being full of protein, but they're not really. I mean, I suppose mm. it's an easy three grams or whatever, but also they've got basically the same amount of fat in. Um, <clears throat> but pro- mushrooms don't have any fat in, will they? Uh, and especially if you're vegan or you're trying to eat more, you're trying to be more plant based, then mm-hmm. they're brilliant for protein source. So um, cooking them as a not on the side kind of a dish, yeah. toast on toast is obviously a winner. And the way that works is with quite a lot of butter and quite a lot of garlic, quite yeah. a lot of herbs. Tarragon's a really lovely <gasps> herb as well as parsley. Earthiness. Yeah, to go with. Um, yeah to go with mushrooms. Uh, the other way I love cooking mushrooms as a midweeky type thing is a big mushroom, like a portobello type mushroom, which you fry, but in just a couple of teaspoons of water with a lid oh, on right. the frying pan so that the oh, whole thing cooks steaming. through. Almost steaming. So <clears throat> fry it on one side for a couple of minutes, then flip it over, keep the lid on, maybe add a bit of water because that's the only way you're gonna get the whole thing evenly right. cooked. So you cook your mushroom and then and also that helps evaporate some of the water out of it, which I think is part of the problem people have with it. And it doesn't yes. feel very it feels quite meaty once it's been dried out a little bit. Oh. Then you stuff it with some wilted spinach that you've squeezed and chopped up, mixed with I like it with Stilton. So spinach, stilton, yes, few again. breadcrumbs on top. Pack Ooh. that f- stuffing into your mushroom basin and then pop it under the grill. And Ooh. it is heaven. With cheese? Uh, well, just with the stilton will just do. The stilton? Yeah, don't, but you probably don't need anything else on top. Oh. Maybe a bit of olive oil on the And a ton of herbs when it comes out over yeah. the like, chopped herb. Oh, yeah, happy. it's a lovely, quick... Veggie Lunch supper. Lunch by the sounds of it. Mm, sounds definitely. Uh, can you grow your own mushrooms? It is, it is possible. It? I've never tried it, but I know people who do. You have to buy... They aren't, but you you can buy a, a log that's been already impregnated with the spores. Oh, OK. And then you can cultivate that. And they grow incredibly quickly once they get going. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of new books out lately called, there's one called that's something like The Wonderful World of Fungi or something like that. And it's got these incredible pictures, uh, like macro images of yes. mushrooms, because they're funny looking things if you pay too much attention to them. Um, so you can grow them, but I've never, I've never tried it. Uh, it sh- this, this whole conversation should come with a massive caveat about wild mushrooms. Right. Unless you know exactly what you're doing, never, ever, ever eat a wild mushroom. I went on a mushroom foraging course once and the chap took us around and said, so there's like more than a thousand different types of woodland mushrooms. Wow. And 3% of them are edible. You're like, okay. No. Oh, and gosh, so the stats are really stacked against you if you just really go picking stuff. It's really stacked against you, right. and it's really hard to identify them from a book because right. they look very different depending on their age. Sure. Um, so you can think you're looking at one thing, and actually you're looking at something quite deadly. So do not do it. And actually they are they can make you extremely unwell. They mm. can kill you, absolutely, yeah. because some of them are extremely poisonous. And you yeah. have to remember that some you know, high-concentration poison things that we ingest will kill you outright 
within yeah. minutes. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the best case scenario, which is still pretty bad, is that it will make you incredibly unwell. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, good, good call there. So, so it might avoid. be better actually that you, you know, buy your own and in some way, sorry, buy your own from you know farm shop, supermarket, whatever. Uh, but or if you grow your own, there's some way that that area is contained because it's a bit like yeah. ferns. They they produce spores don't they and so the spores then grow which means you could end up with mushrooms sort of dotted about in your Mm. garden a bit and the Mm. danger of that is that you just assume that they've come from the place so you'd need a way to sort of section off and say okay i'm only going to eat mushrooms that grow in this little area exactly where i know i put my mushroom growing kit or whatever yeah Yeah. precisely Um, but it but that's a good choice because we're just coming into um mushroom wild mushroom season sort of very late summer early autumn and that's when and when you've got the wild mushrooms that you can buy from the farmer's market which are something to treasure because they are outrageously expensive but you don't do anything with those except the toast garlic uh butter situation flavor sing yeah yeah Yeah. i like that choice okay that wasn't daunting at all that was a really nice one thank you jess that's a pleasure Uh, and now (laughs) i'm gonna go off and cook mushrooms all week and love the fact that uh, that can be my new source of protein thank you Mm, very much mm, indeed you're very welcome (laughs) (laughs) um well i think we sort of touched a little bit this week on garden design i suppose a Mm, little bit and we touched mm. this week a little bit on you know what what, how we would plan our gardens if we did it differently. You've obviously yeah. undergone a little garden transformation as well. And yeah. And we've alluded to the fact that we've had different gardens, both of us and people at home might have, you know, varying different bits of space to grow in or not grow in. And this week, of course, we have mushroom, uh, which you don't need very much space at all to grow mushrooms. That's nice. Um, mm. Which sort of, I suppose, is a really nice segue. <laughs> You're very into, good at these. <laughs> into our guest, our special guest of the week, my very good friend, Laura Aikman. Um, I'm really who, excited to hear about her. She sounds like a complete darling. She is a complete darling. She's really, really lovely. And uh, if you don't know Laura's name, or you don't recognise Laura's name, you definitely would recognise the face. Uh, she is a jobbing actress on TV and film. Uh, she's been in all sorts of different things, uh, but... I bang on about it. It's old now, but actually it just had a massive revival this year on Netflix and became one of the top five in Netflix watch things. You know, people sort of find series, don't they? And then they recommend them and all of a sudden they become popular again. Yeah. Uh, And there was a a two or three part series, I think, uh, that she was in called The Job Lot which is a comedy written based at a job centre in uh, Brown Hill in Birmingham. Absolutely hilarious characterisation. She plays the assistant manager. And uh, I've known Laura for a very long time. We, In fact, one of my first kids' TV uh, presenting jobs was uh, working with Laura on Saturday morning kitchen, uh, Saturday morning TV for the BBC. Uh, so we go back a little while, and it was a joy to speak to her about her London garden and the challenges of living with a husband that doesn't necessarily share her delicacy. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what she says. Let's take a little listen. This is Laura Aikman. I'm, look, I'm going to be honest, I get all the great guests so far on this. So Cathy is going to be really, really jealous um, that I got to speak to you in a little sound booth today. Um, <laughs> so I don't know where to start. I've got uh, some quickfire questions right at the very end, which I'm very excited about because you know nothing about those. But tell me about your garden, Laura Aikman. Oh, 
see, this is what I, this is what I was worried about. It's, 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 <laughs> how it's, would you describe it? How would I describe it? Now, I've looked at the people who've done this podcast before, and it's making me just so terrified. I would describe. We've got so we live in uh, London, in sort of not central London, but you know, we've got a flat. And we've got yes. one of those gardens where we walk past our neighbour's half of the garden and yep. then it, into our garden. So it's oh, like lovely. split. Oh, lovely. So loads of potential. We're talking like secret garden, is it? Is that, what it, is that the That's, feel you'd go for? Imagine that. And then think it's worse, though. Um, <laughs> and But it's quite big when you get down there. And it, it does. what's good is it does sort of mean that you're sort of quite isolated. So if you wanted to be noisy, yes. you could. It's mostly Lovely. where the dog does wheeze and poos, and I try and plant flowers and kill them. So it's a functional space, is what a estate <laughs> agent would call it. Yes. Uh, yeah, we've got a lawn, and then a sort yes. of disgusting brick patio, which we've never been bothered to deal with. Uh, right. and, then, and then beds all around the bottom. And then we, um, we got those, you know those massive railway sleepers? Yes, lovely. It's yeah. sounding promising now. Yeah, well, we saw lots of them on Pinterest when we first moved in, at, at sort of um, in the sides of the beds. And then if you make them sort of too wide, it yeah. sort of doubles up as a seating area yes. and also the edge of your flower bed. So we ordered Amazing. all of these railway sleepers this is great. to be delivered to the front of the flat, Brilliant. not realising that they are about, I mean, they must be way about about 20 stone each. It's... Yeah, we had like a hundred tons each. Yeah, they're so heavy, yeah. and yeah. we they wouldn't they craned them just into the front yes. garden. So then we had to transport them through not only my house as I have described, but through the neighbour's garden down into our garden. Right. So me and my me and Matt did this one day, and then couldn't walk for about a week afterwards. But so we did make. Said... Luxury seating. <laughs> when you say you made luxury seating, judging by the description of the garden up until this point, there's just a pile of these in the corner, isn't there? That they've just been left, and you just sit on those. No, we did make it oh. into a. We did. We've oh. we've made it into a yeah a very functional double sort of bench seating area. This is great. Yeah. This I, now I'm thinking. Yeah, I, my garden is great. <laughs> Good. You've really like turned me what, around quite quickly. You've been hard on yourself. So, so um, uh, who's the gardener, you or the other half? Oh, well, if we're honest, it's like my nan and my auntie, because when they come round, they just sort of look at things that are dying and then help. Matt tries, but like last at the end of last summer, he did all the cutting back and he cut back everything so much so that I'm not sure anything will ever come up again. Um, so he, we're both giving it some effort, but uh, failing mostly. <laughs> and so, so here's the thing. If, if, so if you're, so you're not naturally gardeners. Is that is that fair? Oh to no, say? that's absolutely right. fair. <laughs> And so you inherited, by the sound of it, that the flat was the thing that, oh, by the way, it comes with a garden. You're like, oh, great, let's get a dog. Sure, who doesn't want to have a barbecue? Yeah, right. Not, well, I, mean, I don't want to barbecue uh, the dog in case yeah. that... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a dog say we and a barbecue just... and we, they're separate. <laughs> <laughs> very separate, always separate. We don't... Yeah. <laughs> I never look at it and think, well, it's a tasty leg. Um, <clears throat> very good. <laughs> we should just clarify that. Um, so have you got a, like a favourite, like a go-to flower then? That is, like, or, or the thing that you think, do you know what? 
I, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know I'll grab a load of those, or I know that that's my favourite thing. Have you, is I it like love, full of daffodils or something? Or there's there's a lot of roses because I do love roses. But the thing Lovely. I really love because they're just so resilient are hot lips. I don't know what the yes. the Latin salvia. Name. Sure, um, yeah. the pink and white ones. <laughs> Brilliant. They just grow in abundance and they look lovely. So they're my favourite by far. They're just, and, and mint, because mint just spreads everywhere. <laughs> and it looks like weeds and you think, oh, I must do some weeding. And then you can go, no, it's mint. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> and if you leave it long enough, it flowers. So it's kind of pretty. Oh. Win-win. Ours hasn't flowered and we've definitely left it long enough. <laughs> well, it might be a particular non-flowering variety. Yes, and look at yes. that, you know more than I do. It probably is weeds and I'm just, I'm making mojitos. <laughs> with... <laughs> making weed tea out yeah, of it. Sure. <laughs> Garnishing people's <laughs> summer desserts when they come around for their barbecue with poison Sizzles, ivy. yeah. <laughs> so, is, and is the garden, uh, even as the sort of, I'm sensing a sort of minimalist, sort of bougie... Natural. I'm trying to use terms that you know, no. <laughs> sensing these sorts of. Um, is is it a is it a sort of a an escape for you? So because obviously you know your job as an actress can be can take you away for longer periods of time and also is quite intense in terms of where you've got to put yourself in a headspace. Yeah. <laughs> My dog barking in the background. We're going to get to dogs in a second. Okay. I was like, do you know, what? I'm going to interview now. You need to settle down. He's like, yeah, no, I can. I always do that, don't I? I just Absolutely lay here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's what you're going to do. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's sure. cool. But uh, also I want to join yeah. in with the interview. I mean, So with work taking you away and you sort of focusing, you know, and you come back and I guess you're quite tired physically and sort of, you know, emotionally tired too. Is the garden a place that you go to? Or is that like, unless the dog needs a wee or a boo or, or no. a mint? Well, certainly last year with lockdown, the garden was an absolute dream come true. Um, mm-hmm. It was... So, well, I just felt so lucky to live where we are and to have that space and to not be cooped up sure. in the flat. And I think that did make us appreciate it more. And we love to host people. So it's a big, you know, I love having people round and plonking them in the garden. What about inspiration? Like, you know, you said Pinterest for the, mm. um, uh, you know, for your sleepers. Yes. Where's the, where do you get your sort of, you know, sort of inspiration for your garden from? Is it like a, you know, you're a, are you a magazine girl? Are you a gardener's world girl? Well, no, it's my auntie Maud. She just cut, turns up with... She's not really my auntie. She's just a woman in her 60s called Maud. She's my friend. Oh. But I've called her my auntie since I was a child. Uh, she, and she'll just sort of... T- she usually turns up with plants or she turns up and scolds me and says, you must buy X, Y and Z. Um, yes. So she's really my inspiration. And my nan, who's 91 and is still doing her gardening. She loves a hebe. She's obsessed with a hebe, my nan. Um and so I often go with my nan to the garden centre as like something that we can do together. And we'll walk around the garden centre and buy flowers that I then kill. But that's not the point. It's yes. very nice for us to have something that we can do together as well. My dad, my granddad's, um, my granddad's got dementia now. And last year with COVID, it was so difficult for them not to be able to go anywhere. And you can walk around the garden centre outside and he can hold yeah. on to the um, trolley and not fall over. It was just a wonderful place for us to be. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it. That's really nice. That's really, really sweet. Listen, I would like to know what's on your sort of wish list for your garden. Because what's really nice about speaking to sort of normal, you know, non-gardeners, people say, well, yes. I've got a garden, I enjoy it as a space, don't necessarily all the time know what I'm doing, but I, you know, have a go, I'm more than happy. And um, and I think it's lovely that you get drawn to that space sort of innately, like naturally. So, so often, 
you tend to find that a lot of gardeners that we interview have these these amazing plans and you know great big kind of you know designs and stuff and and that's all cool and they know you know they know oh, they're like yeah. you know this variety that variety seven other different varieties and i'm going to tear them and lasagna bulb them and all this kind oh, of gosh jazz. yeah like, someone told gosh. me about the lasagna bulb situation beyond me right yeah, yeah. which is really only good in pots i'm sure you can do it in the ground I'm sure I can. But can't. it's really great for pots. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> basically, if you're, if you're doing lasagna planting in the ground, you're basically digging a grave for a small cat. Oh. Um, so I no. say double up because the effort is big, right? Sure. <laughs> so the rest of the dog, the bit of the dog that you didn't barbecue could go in there. This is getting macabre. So um, <laughs> but my question is this. What's on your kind of your wish list? If you've got like... You know what's next? Have you got? Have you got a thing that? You know, say, say money's no limit, right? Let's assume is is your well, husband within earshot or not? No, no, no. Right, great. Let's start designing your garden and spending his money. Um, so because you don't don't spend yours, like make it like a gift or something. This is the great thing for like gardens, right? Because you can because they see this a very clever psychology here, Laura. You you notice how. It's it's actually beneficial for both of you, right? So right. he'll kind of go, oh yeah, well I use the garden, right? And I go that, but you ask for it as like a present, so Ooh. you obviously can't financially invest in it. Can't find they it, have to yeah. spend all of it, okay, right? Sure, sure. But and they'll be like, oh yeah, and I'll get some of this. It's like a kind of like trick psychology thing, right? This so let's very assume no budget. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's on the 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 wish list for your garden? Well, just I would get a gardener to do it for me. <laughs> 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 okay. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so that would be number one. The, the dream would be that everything that Matt cut back would grow back. And also recently, when we were allowed to have people in the garden, it was so cold when we were out there. He just started a fire in the garden, right. and that right. burnt quite a lot of things as well. <laughs> so just, I would like to undo the damage that Matt has done. That would be a dream. And then I guess that I would love. For it to smell amazing down there. And my friends, I think it's eucalyptus that she's got in her garden. She's got a lot of eucalyptus. Right. And it's if it's that, I mean, it could be anything. Maybe eucalyptus doesn't smell. I have no idea. But I think no, it, it was eucalyptus. And it smells incredible in there. I would like it to just be more colourful and more smelly. That would be the dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. More colourful, more smelly, less burnt. Less burnt to the ground and cut back. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, this, those aren't really these are small, they're not big things to no. ask, are they? Sure. I mean, I just want the basics, but <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm still not convinced that it's going to happen anytime soon. No, no, you're a doggy person, aren't you? Which I oh, love. Oh yes, yes. I'm this obsessed is my, with my dog. I love this. And so your doggy, I thought at first, at first was a Frenchie, but he's not, is he? He's a, no, he is. He's a, um... he's a Frenchie. No, he is not. He is. Yeah. <gasps> But he's red. He's I think that's what throws people off. You don't often see well, a red. Well, and big, too. He's quite big. Do you think he's big? Yeah. He's, well, I I, he's so. always in the foreground. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I was so sorry to see on Twitter that your your dog passed away. Was it last year? Yeah, it was almost a year ago. 31st God. of um, July. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Jess. Horrible. That's, it's really hard, isn't it? it is, uh, they've become a real... I've had dogs all my life, so... But interestingly, the reason I asked about your dog is because I have lovely Marley. Um, it's probably his last summer this year. Okay. Um, so he's in his twilight years. Um, uh, so he gets spoilt. Of course. Um, which I was thinking, well, you know what? If you want to dig in the garden, dude, I think now's the time. Right? I right. don't care anymore. Uh, but he's just not a digger. Um, so 
Uh, I had that conversation with him. I gave him permission to do. I said, Let, you know, why don't <laughs> you come not, sleep on my bed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can have treats from the table because they've never been allowed like to take from the table. Yeah. Uh, so, so you can do that. He's like, yeah, cool. I'm up for that. Uh, I said, and look, if you want to, you know, get a little bit excited and silly sometimes, then, you know, whatever, fill your boots. Because no this, this is your time to enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dig in the garden is cool. He was like, no, no, no I don't want to dig. It's cool. So, um, so that was all fine. I took a photograph recently because the ducks had laid some eggs in the garden. And uh, within half an hour of taking the photograph, Marley had eaten all of the duck eggs. Oh, yeah. um, so, Do so, what you want, Marley. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's the end of your... Oh, not that. Oh, ethics. That wasn't what I meant. Uh, so, so I love that you've got... Um, it's Frank, is that right? Eric. That's it. Frank Eric, Eric Cantona. Eric, his middle name's Frank, isn't it? That's right. Sure, okay, yeah. Let's run with that so I don't look completely stupid and incompetent <laughs> yeah, as a Frank, researcher. Yeah. Um, so, so Eric, uh, the Frenchie, he loves your garden, presumably? That's like yeah. his sort of like space as well? He's big into sunbathing. So uh, he, he loves the garden for a little sunbathe, um, loves getting warm, oh, loves rolling cute. on his back to the point where yes. I think sometimes people think he's got some kind of condition because it's relentless. <laughs> Um, he's not a digger. He does. He's one of those stupid dogs who does a wee or a poo and then goes and sort of flicks ground somewhere completely different to where he's just yeah. been. Um, yeah. But we yeah, do cool. have a fox situation. Ooh. Like so much so, we got new fences last summer and one of them is just completely scratched up for their route into the garden. But I just feel like they're basically dogs without homes, so we can't yeah. tell them off. And they're yeah. lovely. Well, I don't know they're lovely. They might not be. They might be dicks. But uh, <laughs> as far as I know. Um, Do they no, roll? Does he roll in the fox's presence, though? Is that the problem? Uh, no. The... Do you know what? Actually, the foxes are quite polite and they don't do that much presence in our in our garden. They just hang out. How do you know that you have them? Oh, do you see them? Oh, yeah. They come up to the back door. And then Eric goes wild and I just want to let them in, but Matt won't have it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's asking for probably quite a lot of, of scrapping. Yeah, I'm sure that yeah. there's sort of like a natural animal kingdom thing where dogs and foxes can't be friends, even oh, though way back wow. when they were brothers from a different mother, right? This is it's very difficult. It's tricky to navigate. And they're all just out there eating McDonald's and I feel bad for them, but... <laughs> <laughs> like wayward gangs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So... I've got these uh, f five quickfire questions for you, right? Okay. Um, which you're not allowed to prepare for. But before we get to the five quickfire questions, this is a golden opportunity for you to give us a little sneaky peek because I am obviously an investigative journalist. Okay. Um, but I just yeah. keep it very private to myself. Sure. That's how uh, investigative. <laughs> Deep burial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like proper method <laughs> acting. Um, uh, so this is an opportunity for you. Should you value me? And uh, should you, um, you know, be grateful to the listeners all over the world that are listening in and taking time out of valuable time to out hear of my gardening lives tips to yeah. listen to you? Yeah. <laughs> but should you want to offer an exclusive scoop on something that may or may not, let's keep it very loose and non-committal, that be happening? Maybe a film? Oh, maybe in my career. A role right. or something? Oh. What can you sort of tease, Laura? Just a little, just close your eyes and pretend you're just talking to yourself. That's I the way, it's a good way to do I it. I can't do it. I have sort of <laughs> one semi-exciting thing which I'm not allowed to talk about and then yeah, a well, lot of cancelled things. So 
sadly. Oh, yeah. <coughs> yeah, I was yeah, supposed to do two plays stuff. last year, um, and obviously both of them went down the toilet. I mean, the sort of thing that you can't talk about, is that like a film not talk about or a TV show not talk about? Is that... Oh, the thing I can't talk about. Uh, it's, um, I can't talk about it. And I'm dreadful, so I'm just not even going to go there. Because I'll ruin it. And then, no, stop it, Jen. I can't. I'm talking. Well, I respect you too much. You nearly as a got me there. I was like, it's a. I know, right? Yeah, no. Look how I'm good sorry. I am. Tucked I'm away in the wine cellar. I love it. calling it a wine cellar. It's so glamorous. <laughs> and Eric, actually, my dog. So we had to create the studio in the basement for. Um, for doing voiceovers over lockdown. And um, Eric, my dog, when I started coming down here to do them, would just sit on top of the trapdoor <laughs> and wait. And sometimes I'd be down here all day doing an audiobook, and he would just refuse to sort of leave the spot. Uh, it's very you sweet. You just hear him above you, like... Farting, yeah. Oh, fart. Oh, because he's a Frenchie. He's a Frenchie. They're full of gas. Yeah. That's why he's big. He's been inflated. <laughs> I love that. I miss you. I know it's ridiculous, but then I mean, who's seeing anyone now? Yes, that's true. Yeah, I'll edit in. I miss you too, Jez. Um, oh, so yeah, feel let's free. go. No, no, it doesn't matter. No, <laughs> we're done now. So let's do the f- <laughs> let's do the five <laughs> quick fire questions. Are you okay. ready, I'm Laura ready. Aikman? Possibly off of the silver screen in the very near future, we'll but see. um possibly in a book or ear very nearby. Um, listen to how excited Marley is. He doesn't yeah. do any of the other people I interview. He's like, is that that woman off the telly? <laughs> yes, it is. He doesn't like the accent, I think it is, on the job lot. That's what it is. It, it, oh, the... yeah, the brummies, just slightly. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laura Eggman, are you ready? Number one, flower beds or veg beds? Flower beds. Oh, okay. I'm, you... And I'm oh. mad about vegetables, I will say. Sure. I'm a vegan. But, you know, you... But and also in London, you pay like like nine quid for a courgette, don't you? It's all very right. expensive down there. Yeah, but I mean, you can do a veg box. It's not too bad. I'm okay. ruining the point of these quick fire questions. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. No, that was a quick fire return, so that's okay. okay. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Uh, all the time. See, this is great. Brilliant. You've gone straight into our top five golden hall of fame now. Uh, three, <laughs> slippers or sandals? What do you mean sandals? And what do you mean slippers? What do you mean, quick fire? Slippers or sandals? Like, what? pick one. It's 50-50. Like, for indoor the house, right? So you're in the house, slippers or sandals. I would wear a slipper sandals. or a sandal inside the house. I would wear a sock. I'll say a sandal, but I just, I'm imagining a Jesus sandal, and I just wouldn't, I wouldn't. Sandals and socks? No, just socks. It wasn't socks. slippers or sandals and socks No, but I'm just socks. giving a third option, which would just be socks. I mean, I'm just saying, I've done two of these already this morning, and I was already on five, and we were fine. It was clear, all right? So, But, but now, <laughs> this is why I don't send them ahead. Right, number four, forget sandal. it. Okay. G- gardening gloves or muddy hands? Muddy hands. Okay, good, good question. Uh, a good answer, sorry. Very good question, Jess. Well <laughs> yeah, done. well done, Jess. <laughs> well done, me. <laughs> number five, <clears throat> would you rather more bees in your garden or more birds? Oh, uh... I think bees. I love bees. Yes. Bees in are our local cemetery, many? they uh, have honeybees there and we can buy it locally. And I find it, the whole thing very exciting. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's yeah. a nice thing. You support your local community. You could plant more flowers in your garden and the bees could pollinate from then. You go and get yeah. the honey and go, oh, I contributed to that. And Maybe I feel very irritated <laughs> by people who are extremely flappy around bees. Yes. 
I find it very irritating. <laughs> yeah. But that's well, quite mean of me. Have you ever been badly stung by a bee? Well, what do you mean badly stung? I've been stung and not been allergic to it, I suppose. Yeah, uh, just the once, so not like multiple times. Oh, no, I haven't. I mean, I watched My I... Girl when I was young, and that looked terrible. Um, Didn't it? Yeah. I, know. I had to take a day off school the next day. I was absolutely distraught. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've, you know, I've come 360, and uh, now I like bees again. You've got every reason to be flappy after watching that when you were young, and yet you haven't. You pulled through. You're an inspiration is what you are, Laura Aikman. Thank you so much. <laughs> like a national inspiration. If there was an MBE for inspirations, you'd be there. It's Laura, because she's watched my girl along with everyone yeah. else. And now and didn't flap, things. though. That's didn't, the point. No this is what you're saying is, I yeah. want more bees. But I do. I mean, I, and I also enjoy a bird, but I like bees. <laughs> I enjoy a bird. <laughs> what kind of an answer is that? <laughs> We could, I could ask you about all the birds you've got in your garden, but I'm not going to. We have come to the end of our interview. It's as simple as that. 25 that so minutes. Quick. It shoots by. I know when you're having fun. See, it <laughs> means I'm not allowed to warble anymore. I have to keep them all really short. I should t I should tell you that I managed to um, create a lawn of grass. And that's the only thing I have oh. to be proud of in my garden. Through mate, you by, created a lawn? Yes, because it was all dead when we moved in. And I, I did it with seeds. I made a lawn. That's the only thing I've done well in the garden, done. so I just felt like I should tell you. You grew grass. The podcast. Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> and maybe that's why I have a slight aversion to the birds and went for the bees, because the birds wanted to eat the seeds. Yeah. Well done, you. And yeah. what did you do, like, properly, like, like, like rake all of the dead stuff yeah. away and then put topsoil and down? and raking and laying things down. And, yeah, it was and through an unemployed time. <laughs> <laughs> I How quite did a lot it make of time you feel? Um, good. Then um, Matt, the destroyer, mowed it too soon <laughs> and I had to do it again. <laughs> it's amazing I'm still in a relationship with him. <laughs> or that he's not under the grass. <laughs> <laughs> with the lasagna bulbs in the cat grave, yeah. <laughs> Just you and Eric going, where's daddy? Whoa. Jesus. <laughs> Really well, Laura Aikman, I don't. We, no, we can't tune in. We don't know when you're going to be. But if somebody's teased enough and they think, well, look out, hot tip to be on telly slash, I, I don't know, telly on in a movie theater slash telly. in a audio book slash. Oh, many audio books coming your way. That was all of last oh. year. Many, many audio books. Are there, how many more of the Fifty Shades of Grey series are there? <laughs> well, you joke. <laughs> I did a, quite a racy one recently, and um, I, I don't want to do it ever again. <laughs> well, that Jilly Cooper's got a lot to answer for, is all I can say. Okay. That is, I can't look at a riding crop in the same way ever again. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> and uh, every I just immediately think I've been bad in some way. Um, so... Where can people find you, Laura, if they want to know more and they're interested enough to find out what you may um, or may not be? This is me turning my phone off professionally. Just there. Uh, well, there's lots of things. Everyone watches Netflix. I'm in a bit of The One, which is a new show on Netflix. You can see The Job Lot. I'm in seasons two and three of The Job Lot on Netflix and Bluestone 4-2. I'm in the third series of on Netflix. Um, What's lovely about all of those is there, oh, apart from The One... The other two are quite a few years old now, aren't they? I know, they? they've had and a real resurgence. 
Uh, yeah, which is great, isn't it? It's nice to have a legacy thing it's like really that because nice. the job lot is like just one of my favourite oh, series. I cannot believe show. it didn't carry on. It's yeah. a national tragedy. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, it was lovely to be thoroughly employed for a while and uh, yeah. <laughs> not so much anymore. But yeah, and uh, Gavin and Stacey Christmas special last year, that was very exciting. And of course, I don't know anything about whether there will be another one ever again. So again, no comment. Don't leave a weird silence. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe these announcements will come out on your social media, will they? So where can we find you? Have you got social that you'd like to plug? Yes. It's at Laura Aikman, but there's only one A in the middle of it. Just to make it complicated. So Laura it's my Aikman. It's my Instagram. Laura Aikman. And uh, Laura Aikman on Twitter. <laughs> Just my name. The but whole have name. you got two A's on Twitter? Yeah, I've managed it on Twitter. Somehow I didn't quite manage it on Instagram. Right, okay. Oh, this has turned into quite a long bit, hasn't it? <laughs> it's okay. But you can use the search bar for Laura Aikman and it will tell you, oh, sure. I think you mean yeah. that. I think you mean Laura Aikman. It's the one with I the I think that's tick. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, will you give from me and Cathy and all of our listeners, will you give um, Eric... A little cuddle and a little like like well. fingertip scratches in his tummy and a little okay. and a little bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. And uh, let me know when this is coming out so I can put it on all my socials. Mm, I'll think about it. <laughs> okay. If it, I think about whether you want to put it out. It's the, yes. um... Yeah. Or or if I mean it's a big if at the minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Um, but I'll let you say goodbye to our listeners. We'll see. Sorry, um, thanks for having me, Jess. Say goodbye, Laura Aikman. <laughs> it's really simple. Just say goodbye. Laura, say goodbye. Bye, goodbye. <laughs> bye, bye. What an absolute sweetheart. What I love about her is that she's she's exactly what gardening should be for people yes. in their everyday's yes. everyday life. She's like she gets pleasure from it, she enjoys it, she finds comfort and interest in it, but you don't have to geek out on it in order to do that. It doesn't matter what the name of the plants are. It doesn't matter how much space you've got. It's still a part of her life that brings her pleasure. And in that case, it's doing its job. It's so lovely. I'm really glad we've had a couple of people that we've interviewed in this series who aren't like super uber gardeners. It's really lovely to remember that you don't have to be part of the set and you don't have to be... I spend all your time doing it, it yeah. can still bring you joy. Because gardens can look beautiful, and I think we all aspire to have something that looks mm. nice. You know, I think there are very few people that aspire to have a horrific garden, right? <laughs> <laughs> it might be by by no fault of your own that you end up with something like that, or you inherit it, or it turns out being like that. I've got a fly chasing me around in here, Cathy. Have um, you had a shower? Chasing me around, it's just <laughs> flying, it's doing what it does, I'm sat here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... What you know, we all aspire to have that nice thing, but of course, what there's a trap, isn't there? There's a human trap in our behavior in that we try always to um, get that nice thing and feel that we can't make a mistake or we can't own up to it not looking as lovely as it should do, or that our aspiration that we haven't quite achieved just yet, so we don't want to show anyone. And I love, in Laura's case, the fact that she doesn't even know what the plant name is. That's okay too, right? (laughs) Yellow ones, white ones, that's fine. Because, you know, if you like a white flower, you don't know what it is, but you like it, it doesn't matter that there are a thousand other white flowers. That's the one that you like and that's fine. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, and if you 
make a mistake, dig something up, it doesn't look as lovely as perhaps you want it to right now, that's okay. It's a living it's okay. thing. What I have, like today isn't tomorrow. I have to say, um, it was very forgiving of her to not throw her husband out after oh, that episode. Forgiving I is mean, an understatement, right? There's grounds for divorce. But, I mean, if anything, as I was listening to her, I thought, crikey, you guys should do, like, a TV show on, like, the success of marriage or something. You know, how do you... (laughs) Do you you know what I mean? I thought, all credit to both of you that you're still living the same place, let alone that you're still married. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Really lovely. lovely. What a hoot. Um, And she has a dog. Well, that's what I was about to say. Right. I love her Frenchie. But her Frenchie... (laughs) Um, as I said, looks massive. Like, yeah, he's like a bulldog, but apparently he's not. He's a Frenchie, but he's a big, he's a big Frenchie. Feel like we might have to have uh, a, the dogs interviewees dogs line up yes. on our Instagram oh, feed. Oh my word! Wouldn't that be cool? We could do like a series three dog party. <laughs> yes. With all of everyone brings their dogs. Like no one's going to be bothered about us. It'll all be just be. Oh, because yeah. have you noticed how oh, still God. we haven't had a cat person? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. And can I just say, I just, I know we've said it before, I just want to reiterate, it's not like we email people and say, can we interview you? Yes. Oh, before we arrange the interview, <laughs> do you have a cat? Yes. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. We're fully booked. <laughs> can we do that, Cathy? Can we create, you're the Instagram whiz. Can we create like on a it. guest? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on it. Already there. Already there. <laughs> And you'll be able to find it, ladies and gentlemen, at Roots Wings Podcast. Talking to dogs, how's Hadders? Is he sleeping and snoring he's underneath dar- your feet again? He's a darling. He is doing Always. exactly that, as he is for every episode. Yeah. Uh, yet snoring slightly, um, foot on my, paw on my foot. It's lovely. He's, oh, he's, really how's cute. Marley Pops? Yeah, he's really well, thank you very much. Yay. He's old, obviously, but he's doing really well. We've seen to have the right combination of... Of I don't know, little bit of exercise, little bit of yeah. drugs. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all sort of good. That's at the really good. And we were walking around because um, Marley can't be trusted on his own outside. You have to go out with him. <clears throat> right. And what I realised just the other day, I've been doing this for months, and I realised just the other day that this was not a chore. This wasn't oh Marley needs to go. Out, I need to go out with him. This was Marley needs to go out, and I get to spend time with my dog in his twilight years. And I get to look around the garden. So there was this wonderful realisation that this practicality of having to go out with the dog. Yeah. I thought, you know what? I don't think, even if I, in the future, have a dog that can be trusted on his own, not to eat things that you shouldn't eat, (laughs) um, I think I'm always going to go out with the dog. Mm. Why be a lazy arse and just open the door and let your dog go out? You think this is a time for me and them to bond and spend time with each other, but also to enjoy outside. Heaven. I so yeah. agree. Sort of changed so my way I thought about it. Yeah, yeah. It, I went for a run with Hadley the other day and it changed my way I thought about him as well because I was, <laughs> he's just getting to the age where he's just slowing up a little bit. He's nine. Uh-huh. But we went for a fast, short run, like a 5K run. Okay, gotcha. But I was trying to do it in less, I'm not a super fast runner, but I was trying to do it in less than 25 minutes. Okay. Which is fast for me. Okay, this and means nothing to me, so well done. <laughs> it's it's not that fast, but it is for me. And I got about halfway and I honestly thought I was going to keel over. And then oh. Hadley, as if on cue, went, hang on a minute, need a dump. Oh. So I had to stop 
Like, bang on, two and a half kilometres. And he goes, wait, wait up. Big, big, (laughs) long, slow poo. I've never been so grateful (gasps) in my life. And then there was extra time because I had to get the bag out, tie the, collect the poo, tie the bag up. Just enough time to get my breath back before we took off again. So... Is dogs, running with dog poo difficult? Uh, well, this it. one was because it was a huge poo. Huge one, yeah. So yeah. all of a sudden it becomes like a fitness workout, like those army exactly. people with the backpacks. Um, exactly. It did feel a little bit like that. But no, it's it's fine, actually. You're you ready get for tough to mudder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go, that probably wasn't an appropriate story. We should move on. Yes, before we go... Just going to steer this away from. <laughs> yeah, let's steer this away. Uh, Give me more. some tips. Give us some news, Jez, to bring us back to more well, appropriate conversations. I was going to ask you how you felt about wormeries. Interesting. Because I have a compost bin. I got really carried away mm. with compost, so I got four yeah. big compost bays. Same. Uh, yeah. I've got two, but well done. Yeah. They and I bought some tiger worms. Quite, quite a few, a big box of them to tip in and let them do their thing. Nice. Did they come in the post? Yes, they did. So yeah. weird. So I still know, can't get my head around that. But also quite cute. Like, yeah. I quite liked it. And they seemed must have been ridiculous thing to say. They seemed happy. What a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. Like, I don't know whether they were bloody worms happy or not. I don't know. They seemed bagged with soil. They were alive. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so they did their thing. And I actually have to say that... The compost certainly was loamier and looser and lovelier than it has been in previous years. So they, they did go to town. Okay, and might the try ant that. is teeming with ants at the minute. There's loads of oh. ants at the moment, so they're all like you know nibbling and doing all their thing as well. So I'm fine okay. with that. That's okay yeah. too. There's probably an ant's nest in there. That's one. Yeah. Um, but I kept one of the old beehives because I was going to convert it into a wormery because I figured all you need is a tray at the bottom and a tap, yeah, and then a couple of layers uh, and some soil and worms and cardboard and stuff. And so yeah. I was going to put sort of, you know, bits of compost in there. Never got round to it. The reason I was going to make one, Cathy, is because I saw them online, did a little bit of research and went, you are kidding me. That is how much you're charging me for a wormery. Like they yeah. are insanely expensive. And that annoys me because yeah. I think it puts people off yeah. something actually that's really good. So here's my two questions. Okay. Three questions. Oh dear. Four questions. Number one. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever had a wormery? Number two, why do people keep wormeries? Is it literally just about loamy soil? Number three, what's the juice that comes off of it? Is that a feed? And why can't you get it from somewhere else? Why don't you just have seaweed feed? Number four, is a wormery really worth it? Over to you, Cathy Slack. Oh, God, I don't know. Um, so, yes, <laughs> I, I have know. had a wormery before. Aww. When we lived in London in a tiny little shoebox basement flat, there was a space for bins under the pavement opposite. And I had a wormery in there because I was a really frustrated gardener. Intentionally? Or you just had bins that were overflowing? I was one of those people who bought one, thinking this is terribly technical, I should definitely buy one. And it's a a butt, like a water butt, with a tap in the bottom of it. The principle being that you fill it with your food waste... Um, and some sort of starter soil that they give you. I don't know how that's different from normal soil. And the worms. And then the worms chew everything up. And the juice that is secreted by the worms and the composting is a really good feed. Yeah, basically poo. Um, But, I mean, it didn't matter that I had, like, 
two right two window boxes to feed and that was it but I still wanted a wormery it was was appealing um and it was back in the day when the council didn't collect food waste and it annoyed me um but I don't think I was very good at it because it stank to high heaven and it attracted other rodenty pests and I think I feel like I had I crazy worms that like cannibal worms because there were a lot of worms like maybe a couple of pints of worms went in and then suddenly there were just no worms at all like not even the bodies of worms which given the volume of worms that had gone in I would have expected to see. Did it have a just, lid? They'd not got eaten by birds. It had a lid. No, oh. and they, it was undercover as well. It was, it was in like a, it a was self-contained in a worm yeah. ecosystem. It was. It wasn't very self-contained. They just. They all oh. died or so your ate each other. Wasn't very. It wasn't good great, but I might have been doing it wrong. But I think they're useful for people who don't have a lot of space to compost because that takes up quite a lot of space if you're doing it it properly with a couple of bays like one maturing and one receiving and all that kind of stuff but the tap isn't you're not getting soil with a wormery are you like you are with the compost you're getting liquid feed yeah juice which i think my limited harvest of juice might have just been juiced worms (laughs) which doesn't sound very appetizing or or molding food waste that was all just yeah, right. all that, which is never good. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I would be really interested to know if anyone's had good experiences with them. I suspect we won't be getting a wormery as a sponsor for this podcast. <laughs> I think that's fairly safe to say. There's not going to be a worm company saying, oh, could we please sponsor you? Um, okay. Or if there is, tell us what we did wrong. Because yes. it would be really Maybe interesting Maybe this is a golden know. opportunity to turn us around. Yes, mm-hmm. I would like to try it. There's something I really like the idea of, Cathy. I agree. Oh, Okay, but, well, I'm going to look a bit more into it. But if you've got a wormery at home, mm, I would very much like to hear your success or not success of wormery, so that maybe over the next seven days we can come up with some sort of um, wormery solution, an official roots, wings, and other things consensus. Are wormeries <laughs> worth it? Yes or no? Our listeners say. <gasps> Tune in and find out next week. That's an Instagram <laughs> poll in the making, isn't it? I'll get onto it. it. <laughs> Talking of Instagram, Kathy, <laughs> if people want to uh, come see us on Instagram and joining the fun because there's an awful lot of fun going on over there where are they where are they missing out where should they be we are at Roots Wings podcast and uh, it's all happening we've got dogs we've got worms we've got some gardening as well (laughs) and we've got merch We've got merch, haven't we? Have I'm very, very excited to receive the merch. Tell us all about it. We've got we've got a fashion label, haven't we? We done? have, we have. We've got T-shirts. If you don't want to carry around an actual peg like I do, then you can have Jez's Peg T-shirt, uh, which is uh, uh, they're all 100% organic cotton. They're beautifully soft and they're thick as well. They're not they're, they're not that rubbish see-through merch t-shirt you know that some people get it's not that and it's not so so thick that you sweat and it's a really nice lightweight but thick you know it's a good quality and none of it arrives in plastic it all arrives completely in paper it's 100% recyclable as well brilliant um, so I love that so yes you can have Jez's peg printed onto your t-shirt we've got a beautiful teacup motif we've got the lovely fork and spade uh, roots wings and other things little cross as well and also I don't want to tease you, Cathy, but there may Ooh. or may not be two, <laughs> oh yeah, two totes. 
tote. If you like a tote bag, oh yeah, there's a, an exclusive route. I love a tote. Brilliant. I'm very excited to see those. Does it mean as well that I don't? It doesn't matter that I haven't got a peg if I've got a peg T-shirt. I think, Kathy, as Richard Attenborough used to say, sorry, David Attenborough used to say, it's entirely up to you, darling. And you should read into that as you will. So if you don't want to set your own parameters to be one of the team and you want to reduce uh, your sort of boundaries and your your input, that's absolutely fine if you would rather a simulated peg. Or if you want to be part of the inner circle and show some effort, then you can have a real peg. But it is entirely okay. up to you. Okay. Send me a peg. Somebody <laughs> send me a peg. <laughs> Quick before the end of the series. <laughs> well, I'm going to say goodbye because uh, I need a wee. So uh, I'll see know. you next week. <laughs> Bye, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs>